I do. And I don't. It is another beautiful Monday here in I do and I don'tville. <laughs> which is uh, where we record this. Actually, there is a village called I do and I don'tville. And uh, this is where we record I do and I don't podcast show, which is the official title of this podcast show. I do and I don't. And I'm Joel. I'm Kat. And we're here to answer your hopefully marriage oriented questions. Um, and we both have various degrees of experience with marriage um, from zero to 100. <laughs> I've not been married 100 times. Just Well, I don't mean as, as many times, but like you were 100% married. I was 100% married. Yeah. I was also 100% in a 10-year long-term committed relationship, and I have 100% performed over 100 marriage ceremonies. Oh, over 100? Yeah. I didn't know you had done so many. Yeah. Um, well, and then, if, and then I've had zero experience, so if we were to average that out, and you're not married now, so I think that brings, I think that's like maybe your 80%. Yeah, maybe it's more equalizing. Yeah, and then so uh, I would say that we have about 60% experience. (laughs) 60%. So we're here to answer your marriage questions with 60% experience. And these questions are emailed to idoandidontshow at gmail.com. That's right. And I get to see the questions and Joel does not. I don't know what they're going to be. And uh, and I'm gonna give the expert advice, and Kat's gonna fumble over there like she knows what she's talking about. And of course, we're gonna maintain your anonymity as we answer these questions. Yeah, so feel free to send your own questions to I do and I don't at gmail.com, and you'll get this almost professional marriage advice as well mm-hmm. with our sixty percent experience, but our hundred percent heart. Mm, absolutely. So, what are we talking about today, Kat? Well, we have a broad spectrum again, as usual, so why don't we just get into it? Uh, Lay it on me, baby. (laughs) My wife, we are married one year, is dealing with a bout of depression and anxiety after a recent trigger of her childhood trauma. I've never seen her like this, and I really don't know what to do to support her. She keeps telling me she needs to feel loved and nurtured, but I have no idea what she actually means by that. Mm -hmm. So what do the words love and nurture mean? (laughs) Well, that's interesting. Um, I wish that he had mentioned what the childhood trauma was, because I feel like then we could get really specific into the solutions. Well, maybe that's best that he didn't. Like, okay. Um, Because I'm thinking, like, what if the childhood trauma was receiving a bounty bar? (laughs) <laughs> That's just a callback to another episode. But, um, you know, just give her a bunch of other types of chocolate bars. That would be the solution to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but what is love and nurturing? And I think I th- the best way that we're going to figure this out for this guy is probably to mention the things that love and nurturing are not. Well, that's a great starting point. As a process of elimination. Absolutely. Okay, so what's on that list? So uh, we're in the winter times now. I would say that pushing her down the snow is not loving or nurturing. Definitely. If anything, it's cold Mm -hmm. um, and quite nasty. Yep. And you'll, there's potential to hurt her knees or her wrists, mm-hmm. uh, trying to stop herself from getting her face in the snow. Mm-hmm. If she can't stop herself, that's just going to hurt her face. She could be concussed. 
Yeah, and concussions are very serious. Okay, so what else is not loving or nurturing? Well, ignoring somebody, I would say. Yeah, like shutting down? Yeah, like just being like, uh, not interested and mm-hmm. walking into the other room or uh, saying something like, deal with that shit yourself, mm-hmm. um, especially in that way, yeah, those words. Yeah, specific words. Yeah, but even if you, let's say, say were to say to her, uh, I don't know what to do with this, and so I'm kind of out. Figure it out. That's sort of still saying deal with that shit yourself. Mm-hmm. Or what about something like, uh, this is a lot right now. This is a lot right now. Uh, whoa. Like putting your hands up and going, whoa, mm-hmm. this is a lot right now. Yeah. That does feel almost like saying deal with this shit on your own. Mm-hmm. So anytime you're saying anything that is saying deal with this shit on your own, could that maybe not be loving or nurturing? I would agree that that is neither loving nor nurturing. But, okay, devil's advocate, which okay. I know is usually your job. <laughs> uh, what about people who are, like, genuinely overwhelmed by a lot of emotion and it kind of has them shutting down? What if he's, like, one of those people? Now, this isn't for everyone probably, but I wonder if there's a thing where you can go, I don't know what to say, but maybe I'll just hold you. <gasps> Joel, that's perfect. Like, I don't, I, I can't really deal with this either. This is really hard for me too. And you're level, you're, you're, you're leveling with them. Absolutely. You know, you're not going, whatever, babe, uh, I got to go over here. But you're just saying what you actually feel. And then can we just like hold each other or do you want me to give you a chocolate? I'm so proud of you right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm playing so the angel's you. advocate here. No, like you can actually say it's really hard for me to see you like this. Right, and I don't know how to handle and I, it. Either. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know exactly what to do, but I'm here. We're in it together. Yeah, that's a big thing. Honestly, that's all the things right mm-hmm. there. Okay, I'm sure you could give us more ways to not be loving or I was, nurturing. I was hoping we'd go further with that, but go on. <laughs> well, we can come back to it if you okay. like, as I'm curious about what you'll come up with too, as I'm sure we all are. Um, the key word for me here was trauma. She's a trauma survivor, and there's a really distinct filter that trauma survivors view the world, especially after they've been triggered. And it's really hard to separate everyone in your life from people who are out to get you. Mm. So it can be really hard to even accept love and help from people in that state because you really do fall into a mindset where everyone is a bit dangerous. So sometimes just to hear, I don't know how to do this, I don't know exactly what you need, but I'm here for you. Like, that's just everything you need to be reminded that that person is in your corner. Now, were these people married for a year or they're just been together for a year? It says married one year. So that's wild that I don't know how long their relationship would have been before that, but Mm -hmm. this has just come up now. Well, it sounds like he's never seen her triggered before. Right. Um, So trauma triggers, depending on where you are in your recovery path, they can be few and far between. So maybe a little bit of hope for this guy is to say, you know, you're definitely going to be able to get through this. She has got to have gotten through it before. Yeah. And then you'll get back to the normal thing that you remember. But you do need to maybe be that support at the time. And even though it's hard for you, it's harder for her. And and it's not forever. Like this isn't going to be her new normal. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully. So, you know, try to be the strong person 
for this little season and then yeah and you know i don't i don't think we can clearly identify how long a timeline might be in this scenario probably i I will uh i think it'll (laughs) probably last around two and a half weeks so that's nothing like a good number it'll seem hard for those two and a half weeks they're gonna seem like a month Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so what do you think that um she would be like in this state what are you anticipating her her behavior will be like? I don't know if anyone. This is a bit of a, a different reference, but I don't know if anyone here has ever watched or listening has ever watched The Miracle Worker, mm-hmm. which is the story of Helen Keller. We all know who Helen Keller is. She was blind and deaf. You know Helen Keller, yes. And so The Miracle Worker is the story of of I guess this woman Annie Sullivan, who was her caretaker, having to help her kind of develop her skills as a person mm-hmm. and not just live in the dark and, and silence for the rest of her life. And there's just, you know, Helen Keller was a, a real bitch. Really? Yeah. She was just like, she was not responding at all to any of the help and she was throwing her spoons and like throwing, like knocking all these like plates and everything out of the way. She was being really aggressive. I feel like this woman may be like that. Does she throw spoons a lot? I don't know. They don't really mention any spoon throwing. Okay. But I I feel like she might throw fits. And a lot of the time, uh, if someone's going through this, maybe they can be quite poisonous towards their partner, as you mentioned, because they think their partner is the enemy. Mm. So it might even be something that's turned specifically towards like that other person. Mm-hmm. You're out to get me. and So, so you, it's hard as a, the partner probably not to get your back up. Mm-hmm. And be yeah. like, well, fine, I'll just go over here. You know, screw you. you. It's weird to have to be the support and then also have to protect yourself. <laughs> yeah, have someone that's being aggressive towards you. Yeah. And what's nice here is that it's not like this is strange behavior that I don't even understand where it's coming from. This guy knows exactly where it's coming from, mm-hmm. so yeah. you can kind of uh, you know two uh, and two under- together understand that. Try to be understanding. Yeah, um, I think. You know, depending on how far she is in her own recovery work, um, she may have some really clear ideas of exactly what he can do. So maybe that's a good conversation to have as well, where he asks her to be a little bit more specific about how she wants to feel loved and nurtured. Right. Um, yeah. And but be really careful because <clears throat> this could all be her just pretending and wanting a trip to Disney World. You know what I mean? <laughs> Where she's just like, uh, yeah, oh, I'm so happy you asked what I really need. I need to see princesses. I've never seen princesses. And, you know, I had this family trauma where I asked to go to Disney and I was told no. And uh, so I need to go to Disney, I guess. And he's like, well, I guess that does sound like a trauma. And then <laughs> next thing you know, she gets a trip to Disney. So just be very aware. That's what I would be concerned be about. Be wary that she's not using her trauma to try to get well, what she Well, she's wants. faking the whole trauma. Fake That's what trauma. I'm yeah, she's Fake faking trauma. the trauma to get what she wants. I mean, I'm not saying that is what's happening. But it could be. But it could be. So mm. I wouldn't ask her, by the way. Are you? <laughs> not loving or nurturing no. to go, are you faking this to get a trip to Disney? That's absolutely not. Don't ask that. Yeah, by, by no stretch should you ask that and I guess you know your point brings me to my own next point which is that he should probably educate himself a little bit about what trauma is like 
um, and ways that you can support your partner who has been through trauma in life. I feel like most way, people have been through some kind of trauma at some point. Life is horrible. <laughs> it, it, it beats you down. Everyone is going to experience horrible things yeah. all the time. Grow up. But the thing is that it, you're right. I agree with you. Check into what trauma is just so you can tell she, she's faking or not faking. Or so that you can support her more effectively. Or that. Whatever. And also so you can protect yourself because I don't feel like trauma is a license to be abusive towards your partner. Yeah. And that's that's I'm glad you said that because I know I mentioned be understanding and stuff. But you know, then you can be like, this is also affecting me. But maybe wait till you've worked through her thing and then you can be like by the way there was a lot of hurt that happened to me during that thing mm-hmm. and I think that we can maybe talk about this for five seconds and then I'll be okay with it but that's also, totally wise Joel are there also strategies to uh, when these triggers do happen where you don't lash out at me necessarily mm-hmm. and you deal with you can lash out at you know the spoons or the plates like Helen Keller but you know I'm not because actually Helen Keller would also hit Annie yeah, Sullivan. N- not acceptable. That's not acceptable. But wasn't behavior. she a child during this time as well? Doesn't matter. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so hopefully this this lady has adopted a bit more resilience and mm-hmm. maturity in her own approach mm-hmm. to her trauma. But yeah. Watch boundaries. the miracle worker be Annie Sullivan. That's all I can say as advice. Yeah, maybe within reason. I don't I don't feel like anyone should be getting abused by spoons or otherwise unless it's consensual. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Explain to me how someone's abused you with spoons and it's been consensual. Mmm, yeah, spoon me, baby. <laughs> you just heat up a spoon and just touch your skin with it. Uh, it kind of hurts, but I like it. Have you never been spanked with a wooden spoon? Not uh, sexually. Just uh, I don't want to. I don't want to say I was spanked growing up because I know that these days that's not uh, PC. I don't want to out my parents and get them arrested. <laughs> I think you may have just done that anyway. But, but if I have been hit by a spoon, it was uh, a disciplinary uh, and not a fun thing. And I'm not saying it did or did not happen. <laughs> I, and if you want to, if, if people are going, oh, Joel experienced some childhood trauma. That's not true. If I, if I had, I couldn't be doing this podcast as well as I am. Agree with that, Kat. Agree with that. <laughs> uh, it's not really my place to agree or disagree, Joel, but I guess we'll see if you start getting cranky with me as this episode unwinds. <laughs> cranky. Well, Joel is cranky. I think he's dealing with trauma. Is that what she's doing? She's cranky. Buddy, if your wife is cranky, I think you can just ease up on her a little bit. She's just being a little cranky. Cranky. <laughs> but is that all you had for uh, yeah, that was this it. fella? Depression and anxiety. Is not crankiness, but yes. So mm. educate yourself and ask her how exactly nurturing and love looks for her. And make a list of what is not loving or nurturing and don't do those things. That's um, right. We're not going to go on about it, but uh, don't do those things. And then uh, do maybe even the opposite of that, you know, mm-hmm. like pick her up out of the snow when she throws herself down there and is crying. Shovel the walkway so she doesn't fall down in sure. the snow. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe she needs something to get her mind off the thing, tell her to go out and shovel the walkway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You're agreeing with that? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Physical activity is an excellent yeah. counterpart. Yep. Uh, perfect. Answered, mm-hmm. signed, sealed, delivered. Yeah. Okay. So, number two, you mm-hmm. ready? Mm-hmm. Whenever my husband and I disagree or find ourselves in a rough spot, he shuts down completely. Mm. He gets totally silent, he won't engage, and he often ends up physically removing himself from whichever room we happen to be in. Is this the, is this the wife of the last question? <laughs> it could be. 
<laughs> He'll brood on his own for hours, and nearly every single time we end up dropping the issue because he doesn't ever seem to want to come back to it. How do I get him to open up and work through stuff with me? This is the best strategy a man has ever had. <laughs> it's just like, uh, babe, I, uh, I don't know. I don't know if we should paint this room blue. I was hoping for pink. You know what? No, I'm not saying anything else. I just, I'm leaving the room. I'm going to my study, you know. Yeah, okay. And then, well, at the end of the day, the, the room's blue. Mm-hmm. You Forever. Know. <laughs> Forever. Because no one's talking he about got it. his way. Yep. Um, <clears throat> so he's shutting down, leaving the room. And we're, we're going to assume that they're talking about serious issues yeah. that are going on in the relationship. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Can you tell someone to grow up? <laughs> like, are you able to do that? I mean, you can, but it's not maybe the best approach to trying to create grow positive up. change. Like, the, the, the demeanor should be, grow up. Grow the hell like, up. Like, what is your problem? Like, those types of words? Mm. No, I think that's a little bit um, inflammatory, I think, is the word that mm. is used to describe that kind of language when you're trying to have a dialogue. Okay, but you're, you're dealing with someone who's essentially acting like a child. Mm. Like, you know how these children... You go, go clean your room. And they're like, I don't want. And then they just lay on the ground with their face to the floor. Mm-hmm. And they just lay there. Yep. And you, you try to pick them up, but it's that dead weight. Yep. You know, and you're just, come on. And it's just like. Mm. So are you suggesting that this husband might be dead weight? Ooh. Are you thinking that he it might be a good idea not even to have that person as a husband? <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like everyone needs a fair shot at being able to communicate. But literally, like, what happens to a relationship if you can't talk about anything? That's not a relationship. No, exactly. What, so, what can you do with that? Is she supposed to forever just accept that whatever he wants is what's going to happen? There's no room for dialogue? So he never responds at all. It sounds like he just shuts down. This is, this is an idea that I would suggest. And <clears throat> it might sound a little bit impersonal at at first, but why, what if you sent him an email mm-hmm. and explained and even like mentioned, look, when you shut down like this, it's impossible to communicate and we, that there's no moving forward with anything mm-hmm. and it makes me unhappy and I'm going to resent you and blah, 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 and explain all of this, all of these feelings coherently mm-hmm. and also the issue of wanting to paint the room pink, like you know, put the actual problem in there <laughs> yes. as well. This room yes, needs this to is be because pink. I wanted to paint the room pink and you just didn't want to talk about it. Um, or the other day I suggested we go for spaghetti and you shut down because mm. you wanted hamburgers. Um, and we ended up starving all night because <laughs> you just sat in your room. I and, ate saltines and cried. Yeah. We all we went to bed hungry and uh, <laughs> both with puffy eyes. You know, barely he's bawling his eyes out in the other room. But um if you explain it in an email, that might give him an opportunity to be able to uh, send an email back where he can explain himself without... Because maybe some people become too emotionally... Uh, just, just too emotional in general, and so they can't express themselves, and then that's where the shutting down mm-hmm. happens. There's all kinds of reasons why people shut down. But sometimes with something, uh, you get distance from it, and you can write out how you feel, and then he can edit it to make sure. I actually think that's a really good suggestion. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Especially in a circumstance where the person is actually leaving you behind. You know, Mm -hmm. he's not staying in the room. He's disengaging. He's walking out on her. I think if she does 
have the opportunity to express herself in an email, he will have to read it. Yeah. I think an important point, though, is for her to really illuminate how his behavior affects her. Yeah, yeah, that's the like rather than main thing focus right on frustration. Like, mm-hmm. really, she's feeling abandoned. Yeah, she's feeling like she can't connect with the person she most wants to lean into. Mm-hmm. She's feeling that they're not a team, perhaps, or they can't right. collaborate together on things, and that's very much what she wants their relationship to be like. And there's going to end up being that eventuality where it's like, ah, don't even bother talking to him about it. You know, and then she's going to just be, the, the, the distance is going to expand and exactly. expand the divide. Like a chasm will grow like the Grand Canyon, you know, to put it uh, not pretentiously. <laughs> uh, and, but that's, I think, I think what I said earlier and what you just said now are both very good points. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I agree, Joel. I think that we also need to encourage them both to understand why he is the way he is. Where is that coming from? Do we know why? No, she didn't oh. say. I don't think she knows why. So Can I think you guess? Well, childhood uh, trauma. Probably. I mean, everything comes back to childhood and our parental it could be, relationships. Yeah, how he was uh, raised. Family and, structure. Like maybe mm. he's either conflict avoidant because he was in a very stressed out environment or maybe someone was um, making him feel that his feelings were not valid or worthy of being expressed. If you have a volatile parent at home, sometimes that can emerge. Or what about what you mentioned that on that other podcast about the different uh, connection types? Is, does that... Yeah, the, his attachment style might be an avoidant attachment Sounds style. Like I, so, I don't think that's a might. No, it is, it's I mean, a guarantee. A <laughs> Definite for sure. <clears throat> um, I think that he needs to work on that though. Like he has to take the yep. ownership and be prepared to move through whatever he needs to do to understand why and to change the behavior. And if he doesn't, just constantly threaten to leave him. <laughs> just be like, P.S., if you don't read this and respond within five business days, I will leave you. Mm. I, I think those are the best ways to open communication. I'm not, I'm not really sure that people are able to make change under duress like that. Well, that, they're forced to. Have you ever watched an action movie? I have. So the amazing things Bruce Willis can do under duress, mm-hmm. which you go, Bruce Willis can never do that. But... In given Bruce, that situation, Bruce Willis in a high stakes situation. Oh, oh man! So maybe He's what she things. actually needs to do is hijack a plane and yes. threaten to crash it. Yes, until he gets his shit together. Yeah. All right. And that's gonna that is actually gonna stretch her too because she's gonna have to learn how to hijack a plane or fly one for or that fly matter. One. She's gonna be like having to hold a gun confidently to the back <laughs> of a pilot's head confidently. Be able to articulate her emotions through a ski mask. Yeah, it's a it's a lot for her, but I think that they're gonna grow together if they do that. If they survive that, yeah. I think they're gonna survive anything. Mm-hmm. So hijack a plane, babe. I think this is uh, a good time to move on to question number three. By the way, just for the person in the previous question, um, loving and nurturing behavior, hijacking a plane is not amongst those things. No. So if if he's the other person... (laughs) (laughs) Also, leaving the room and sulking is also not loving or nurturing behavior. So if if it is the guy from previous, like his wife writing the second... You know what I'm saying. (laughs) Don't do that. If these two listeners live in the same household, yeah, cut it out. Okay. I can't remember the last time that my partner initiated sex in a spontaneous way. In fact, whenever we have sex, it's me who has to initiate. 
We lay in bed when it's time to go to sleep, and I'll start physical contact, and sometimes, if he's in the mood, he'll start to engage. How do I get him to be more spontaneous and passionate? How to get him to be more like the man in the relationship and less like the woman in the relationship. Hmm. Do we have to gender this, Joel? <laughs> no, but... But you did. <laughs> uh, I wonder if we were to take a poll, you know, as far as who the initiators are in the relationship, what mm-hmm. we would learn. Um, but how do... So the question is, how do I get him to initiate? Yeah. and No, well, it actually is... How do I get him to be more passionate and spontaneous? Mm. Which, but the the bulk of the question was about the initiation thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it is such a bummer with sex is when you don't feel desired. No kidding. When you're the one that's doing the desiring. Yep. And the other person is just like, if you desire me, I will uh, be into it. I'll, I'll jump into the ring with you. But uh, that sounds like fighting. But uh, if... But I don't desire you uh, intrinsically. Yeah. Like that is such a pisser. Like imagine going through your day with someone and like they don't really put their hands on you or they never just want to like grab you by the hair in the kitchen or. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) They just don't want to grab you by the hair, slap your ass and push you to your knees. I mean, it's so horrible. Like. Imagine going through your day and they don't hold a knife to your throat and tell you that. Whoa, whoa, well, that's just a saying, big I, I was, It was going, it was just the word. <laughs> no. You rip their hair out of their head. <laughs> I, didn't, you know? I didn't say anyone was ripping any oh, hair. I, no, I get playful tugging, head. playful tugging. What playful was I thinking? Tugging. There's yeah. no weaponry involved. No, I'm in teasing, I'm teasing. You just went too far. Okay, so just fun stuff, like a little poking with a fork in the. Abuse with a spoon. Well, okay, here's the thing. Like, if sex doesn't happen until you're laying in bed at the end of the day, first of mm. all, are you a Flintstone? Like, oh. I don't know. Like, what, how? How does that happen? Right. Do you have children? Maybe they have children. And, and she's touched out. Um, wait, no, it's him. <laughs> he's touched out? That's he's weird. touched out. <laughs> um, he's been at work all day. That's odd. <laughs> Is he a realtor? Because I hear that they are, deviate. Um, <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> realtors, people that drive around a lot, they and they don't people can't really keep track of where they are mm. they have the opportunity to cheat more than people that are let's say working in an insurance office interesting that's what i've heard um so uh yeah I, that's a very good point why are you not you know driving running with your car you know with through the floor and you're running your they're flintstones now you mentioned <laughs> i was so and, lost right there it was like what are you so they're running they're using their car as if it's a bicycle almost and they're just basically running <laughs> while they're sitting down and why aren't you giving him why isn't he giving you a handy interesting like but like why is there no foreplay or sexual mm-hmm. contact happening before bedtime in this right. scenario how long have these people been together i don't there there's a lot of questions here for me have they talked about the fact that she wants more initiation on his part. Now, again, and this is going to be a theme that comes up all the time because you're always going to say talk about it. And I'm going to say if she talks about it, then it's just going to be him complying to her request more than him still wanting to like actually step up to the plate and, and make those decisions mm-hmm. and like and choose to initiate things because he wants it. Mm-hmm. We want him to want it. We She wants him to want her. Well, yeah. And So what should she do then? I think she should start a pretend affair. 
This is don't actually have an affair because I don't think she wants an affair. So no. I wouldn't suggest doing that because, of course, uh, that's going to put a real uh, cog in the wheel. What what is that term? Uh, something in the cog. Anyway, it's going to be a problem. Um, but you can be like, do we do these little things where it's like you're leaving obvious hints because he's a guy because he's not going to so he's not going to get subtle hints. You're leaving obvious hints that you may be cheating. You know. Like, uh, there's a, a letter that comes, a bunch of flowers, and he's like, who's that from? You go, no one, my, my mother sent them for nothing. Yes, for no reason. Where's the letter? <laughs> uh, there was not one. And then later on, he'll find it, and it'll say, like, you're so beautiful. I, I, I can't wait to um, see you. I, I want to taste your lips or whatever. Write something really beautiful mm-hmm. like that. And then he'll be like, this is actually a romantic note. And he'll go, what's going on? You'll go, with you and your mother? (laughs) What's happening with you and your mother? (laughs) She wants to taste your lips? That's disgusting. Say, well, I'm not getting desire here. I need to get it from my own mother. Why are they all Edwardian? That's the way people are. You don't notice that, but that's the way people are. And (laughs) all of our uh, people that ask us questions are uh, from a Jane Austen novel. Okay. All right. I was asking Mr. Darcy. Darcy. <laughs> I was asking Mr. Darcy to finger me without being asked. Um, oh God. So, um, so, but the thing is that when he, if he notices someone else is desiring her, that's when guys get a little jealous, and then they go, "Ooh, what do I have? This really fancy, beautiful woman." And then he goes, "She's actually a." desirable sex person okay so how is that how is that any better than just communicating vulnerably her Um, feelings because in my version it's a really great uh it's manipulation and it's really fun to be able to manipulate someone (laughs) and it's really great to um also in my opinion like i'm a bit of a showman so i enjoy those theatrics yeah and uh, boy, would I love to write that letter. If I was her and had the opportunity to write like a, a sexy letter to myself, you know. I'll, by the way, don't put in the letter that you've already done things. Mm-hmm. You just want to be desired in the letter. Just a little tip. Um, but I don't know. You don't think that's a good idea? Um, again, the manipulation factor concerns me for sure. Sorry, manipulation is wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Generally speaking, it's better just to be direct and vulnerable but then if that doesn't change anything, what happens? Now, what happens if whenever she wants to have sex, she initiates sex and then they have sex? And uh, just a, like, uh, you know, and then when she doesn't want to have sex, don't bother initiating it. And then he won't initiate it and then you won't have sex. And then as your life goes on, sometimes you'll have sex and sometimes you won't. And that's just the way it is. Is that really the end of the world? Well, here's the thing. Um, it feels really good to be desired. That's, that's what I said. Uh-huh. And I agree with that, but there is... A... And then there will come a time where someone will look at her and she'll see in their eyes that they do want to take her by the hair in the kitchen. Mm. And then what happens? And they do want to spoon her butt. Mm-hmm. Um, well, then she may, uh, I suppose, deviate from the thing, but uh, it's so difficult. I, I can't sign off on the idea of telling him to initiate sex 
in an effort to feel desired because I don't think it will work if you go, oh, now you are complying. So now I feel desired. That's not really... But what if she says something like, hey, I think it would be fun if we could be a little more spontaneous. And like if there are times where you feel like you want to have sex and it's not bedtime, you just kind of go with it and act on that. Maybe, okay. And I can also see her saying, hey, I don't feel desired lately. Do you desire me? Do you want to have sex with me? Mm -hmm. And if he says, oh, yeah, no, babe, I do. Totally, I do. And go, well, I'm not seeing that through actions. Yeah. That way it's not really saying this is what I specifically want you to do. But it's like this is just how I'm feeling. Do with that what you will. And if he's smart, then he will start showing that desire. And Yeah, and if he genuinely does want her, he'll be able to pick up on it. Sometimes people are really clueless. you know. Maybe he's just just like, ah, she'll let me know if she wants to have sex. Yeah, and maybe, maybe nice. he doesn't want her to feel like a piece of meat. Yeah, so he's like, well, you let me know. She probably does want to feel, feel like, like a, a piece, piece of, of meat, meat sometimes with him. Maybe what she should do is she should get a bunch of different meats, <laughs> take her clothes off, throw Roll herself on the table, throw the meat on her, mm-hmm. and he'll come in and he'll be like, what the, what's this? There's like some <laughs> flies around. She's like, I, I thought this was gonna, you were going to be home a lot sooner. <laughs> this, these are this meat is rotten now. This is a little bit this gross. This is the worst idea you've had. And she's like constantly trying to towel off the bloody, you know, the leaking blood of the meat. <laughs> I'm I'm starting to feel nauseated, Joel. This is disgusting. But anyway, so he comes home and she'll maybe cook the meat first, but don't put it on you when it's hot because that's too hot. You'll burn yourself. But he comes home and he'll go, "What? What's this?" And go, "That's me. I'm just a piece of meat, baby. Treat me like a piece of meat, baby." This is so absurd. Is it? It is completely absurd. Okay, what about sushi? Because women have sushi eaten off them all the time, but now we can't have meat on somebody? Well, I don't know. I think all of this is a bit too theatrical, perhaps. Food, food game? Okay, know, what like about this? Play. What do you think? Well, this, is not the, this is not good food play. It sounds like a What's good biohazard. Food? What's good food play, Kat? Well, anything that doesn't introduce bacteria everywhere. Okay, so are we using peanut butter? Maybe. So if she slathers peanut butter all over herself. Well, if he has a nut allergy, that's a really bad idea. If you want to get rid of him. <laughs> okay, here's a here's a question. Okay. And I'm not suggesting anyone should do this, but what if she just stopped having sex with him? Actually, that was a thing that popped into my mind, and I thought it was a bad idea, but we'll go down this uh, train. I'm not sure trail. it's a great idea either, and I know no therapist in their right mind would suggest I'm this. Gonna, I'm going to uh, give the answer before, but we can still explore it. It's manipulation. but uh-huh, 100% it is. But if she stopped, the thing is that she does want to have sex, so that's where she's going to kind of miss out. But if she stops, you're right. He... Now, she'll really see where he's at because he might go, oh, good, I don't have to have sex with that anymore. (laughs) Wow. His words, his words. (laughs) Um, And, you know, or he might be like, hey, babe, do you want to have sex? And then she'll be like, wow, you're really nervous asking me this. I always want to have sex. Why don't you ever, you know, initiate it? Well, I just didn't want to bother you, you know, like. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, that might be. And by the way, and I've mentioned this in the past as well, review how the relationship has always been. Mm -hmm. Because there could have been a time where you were a little bit off put by his being handsy or something like Mm -hmm. that. And he might have learned this behavior from you who now that you've turned 32 
want to have sex all the time, <laughs> you know? It might be one of those things where you're like, wait, what? how did this happen? He used to always want me, and then I told him to leave me alone uh, 20 times or for three years, and now he doesn't want to initiate sex anymore. What's wrong? You know, that could be an It could be a learned behavior. Yeah, and I don't want to blame her for that, you know, but that comes down to the communication as well, mm. I suppose. But just, like, think about that and go, could this be he's responding yeah, to something? Yeah, I, I kind of want to call you out on this communication thing a bit. I, it's hard for me to to uh, I know go ahead go ahead, but I'm, it's going to be hard for me to uh, to admit accept. admit wrong in any well, capacity. I don't, I don't go on. What we you are you just going to say? Because you you, you repeatedly say that you shouldn't have to instruct your partner about how to be there or how to show up. But like, well, who's the perfect mind reader who's always going to know exactly what you need? Like, have you met that person yet? No, but it, uh, the way. The thing is, and it's difficult in marriage, I suppose, because you really want to make it work long term. Mm-hmm. You don't want to end the thing. And so it's easier to say this in a dating thing where it's like, <clears throat> well, this person is just not, doesn't want as much sex as me, or this person doesn't really speak my love language. Let me tell them what my love language is and get them to start speaking it. You're just really telling a person how to act and that's not going to be the most genuine that person is right they're going to be the most genuine when they're doing what who they are right right so that's my theory is that I don't want to be with somebody who feels it's necessary to do something for me to please me Mm -hmm. because that's not their true self I'd rather be able to find someone who is always their authentic self and that really suits my authentic self and we have that together I feel like that's going to be the good match so in this case, you know, um, you're if the, and were these people married? Was that uh, specified? Let's we can assume they are because it's a marriage advice podcast. They said partner. <laughs> They're so. partners. So, but in a case where you want these things to last forever and you want to work on them, it is a little bit difficult to say. Well, don't tell the person what you want when that does seem like the easiest solution. Um. But don't you want a person who's going to do the thing that you want because they want to without necessarily being asked? I mean, that's ideal for sure. But what if you have someone who is authentically themselves and you genuinely appreciate all of that, except there are a couple little things? If we're talking about a couple little things. Or a couple, maybe one big thing. Mm. Well, it's it's kind of maybe a difference between who a person is and then what a person does. So like if... And by the way, I really, like, I don't want people to think, oh, yeah, this is all really solid, uh, well thought out, <laughs> well uh, researched stuff. It's just a, a, a feeling that I have more than anything, and I think it's true. But, like, let's say, oh, my goodness, I'm so sick of my husband throwing his underwear on the floor at the end of the day. I wish he'd throw it in the laundry hamper or into the walk-in closet or at least give it to our maid. And um, if that happens, you can say, hey, babe, stop throwing your, can you stop throwing your underwear on the floor? He can say, my true self is someone who throws laundry on the floor. (laughs) But you can change that behavior. That's not the end of the world. But if it's like, hey, you know, I only want to have sex once a month, and any other time I'm having sex, I don't like it, I don't enjoy, I don't really enjoy it with you. It's not an enjoyable experience at all. Can I just have sex with you once a month? To say, no, 
I want sex eight times a month, you know, then you're going, well, that's a big ask, a big ask in my opinion. For someone who only wants to have sex once a month, for sure it is. And I do think that mismatched sex drives can definitely be a deal breaker. Mm -hmm. I think that's a big, big thing. But I agree with you as far as, like, it depends, I guess, on the nature of the relationship. So Mm -hmm. for me, it's easy to say if you run into roadblocks where things are vastly different with one person or another person, uh, just don't don't invest in that relationship and don't look at it as a long-term thing. Right. Easy. But if you're married to this person, so you've done the, you know, you've been with them for seven years and maybe it's a bit, you know, uh, laissez-faire for me or us to say, probably just me, to say, (laughs) um, eh, just end it, you know, like that's crazy. So you're right to say maybe, unfortunately, you might have to just talk about it and see if you're on the same page. But but that, again, if we're talking about desire, asking for somebody to do something physically to show desire is not going to show desire. It's going to show that they're willing to do whatever <laughs> you ask them to do. show compliance. Yeah. So <laughs> if you really want desire in this case, it's, you, you, it's hard to ask for it. Yeah. Because true. you're still shooting yourself in the foot. Because then you can go... Well, I asked for this, but is he just doing it? Because it's just like when I play with his uh, penis, he sometimes is into it. Is he doing it for me or for because he's into it at that time? Who knows, you know? And sometimes he's way not into it. So, he does, you know, so it's kind of like you do need to find a way to um, get authentic uh, desire. And, um, and I think that that's why the question of desire, do you desire me? is maybe a good idea mm-hmm. and then let him show what that means. Right. Because then you can see how that truly manifests itself less than uh, more than just going do this now. Do that now. Yes. Now do this. Yeah, I see your point here and I think mm-hmm. I would agree with it. Whoa. Ding 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 ding. <laughs> <laughs> There's that bell again. Wow. Well, I would suggest um, that we end the podcast before you start disagreeing with me. Yeah, I think I think we should quit while we're ahead. I agree. I'm still agreeing. Okay, phew. Uh, this is great. So um, just to tie things up, we answer your questions. I do and I know show at gmail.com. Uh, <laughs> send question. Um, do you agree with that? I do. And uh, Kat will read the questions. She will uh, check them out. By the way, we're at, on Facebook. We're on Instagram. And we post little things once in a while. So you can follow us on whatever social media thingy and uh, send us all your, your beautiful questions. Do you agree with those set statements? I do. And so Kat reads the questions. We already told you that. She t- uh, brings them to me, the an- anonymous, then I answer them better than she does. Do you agree with that? <laughs> We're on a roll. We're on a roll. You don't want to disagree. You know what? Today I do. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've been saying, when I'm excited, I've been saying booyah because I think it's the funniest reaction to excitement. <laughs> booyah! Um, so that's all from us. Uh, We've had a good time and uh, listen to us next week for our exciting Christmas episode. Our holiday edition. Yeah. So uh, until then, have a life. 